Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. everyone this is tyler dunn here with jim monis we're live at hammer brewing jim got a little tim mcgraw playing in the background got some patrons here beautiful fireplace behind us some louis in our cups hoptimonium a little bit lager now we're celebrating the end i might have had too many hoptimoniums because that's what no, i have i no, said louis I no such no such thing okay. that's what hoptimonium does it makes you forget you're <laughs> drinking it but we're celebrating the end of preseason football. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. I feel very proud of myself that I didn't get caught up in it. I didn't watch much. Just some Twitter highlights and trying to get the, you know, just the main storylines. But like we know, there's a lot of things going on. But what, what we always know is Hamburg is the spot where we are the most comfortable, where we really feel like we get the best knowledge. And we always credit the beer has something to do with it. A little ambiance. It, it helps. Know, it helps alcohol. us get some of the stuff we need to get off our chest out there. And also, everybody out there will get the details Wednesday a.m. in your email inbox if you subscribe to go along. But there may or may not be a big old shindig here at Hamburg Brewing to kick off the season here at Go Along. So just keep it, keep your eyes out for that update. Uh, we'll leave it there. But yeah, you're right, Jim. Preseason football. So I, I love that extra week now. <laughs> You know, I felt like, and I, I loved your take as somebody who's actually in the yeah, league. It, I always felt covering the game that it happened too fast. Like that fourth preseason game, it's over, cuts, and then you're preparing for a week. It just, everything was so rapid fire. I kind of like this extra week in the middle now. I like it too. I think it makes sense. It gives everybody a chance to catch your breath, your travel. Everything's a, everything is rushed after that last game. You're right. And to see them at least put that into play is a good thing. Cause I still think the preseason's ridiculous. Like these teams that practice against each other all week and then they play against each other. Yeah. That's not that's like, is it really necessary? Can you not just practice and then, Hey, right. we're not going to play this well, week. It's like senior bowl week, right? When you're there as oh. a scout, you care about the practices way more than way you care more. about the game. Everybody leaves. before. Most people leave before the game even happens. We watch the tape of the game. You'll, you'll get assignments, but it's honestly, it's really not that. It, you're not sitting there. Well, maybe not. The Giants, apparently, that's how they drafted Daniel Jones. Gettleman watched the first drive at the Senior Bowl and said he was a pro quarterback. I mean, I'm just saying, that's sometimes when you can get caught up in it, too, because you still have rules and regulations on how you play defense. Just like, I mean, nobody's showing anything in the NFL right now in the preseason. No. It is like which is why all these rookie quarterbacks well, look so good. It's gonna it's too, probably yes. Right? It's why you gotta really pay attention. It's why you just keep it calm, like we said, just mm-hmm. take it for you know, find your little guys you like. You know, then you then then it goes to the Ravens, to Dobbins. Yeah. That is why I can't stand that's why you close your eyes. You just don't want to watch the preseason. It's just ugh. But anyway, that's you know, I'm glad it's over. I'm really excited now that, to really start talking about the real games. I'm, I'm, this is going to be fun. It's that age-old debate, too. Like, I do get the argument that you want to get into a rhythm. Yeah. You know, you want to yeah. you want to get something rolling. Andy Reid and Sean McDermott, you know, yeah. the two teams in the NFC Championship. They, 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 Mahomes played a they lot. They played. Allen played, played a lot. Yep. 
and you wow. saw it with the Ravens. They take it serious. Like Harbaugh comes from that tree right. too. You know, twenty in a row. Twenty in a row, right? Whatever. I mean, it's right. Voice the banner. So it's it, there is. I get that as a like. There are guys that have their hey. Let's get out there. And some of those quarterbacks want that. You know, they want that half or a good couple series, whatever it is. That's what they want. The front office is can barely watch. Like, please, let's just get to the regular season. Let's start this thing. So I get it though. I do. I get it too. I mean. I just think back to 2011 yeah. covering the Packers it was my first year at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I mean, they just steamrolled teams that year, 15 and one. They scored 30, 40 yeah. points a game. Yeah. Remember the yeah. SI cover yeah. with all those receivers? It's just ridiculous. Defense yeah. really wasn't that good, but they forced turnovers. Yep. Um, you know, they, they beat the Lions with Matt Flynn in a crazy game in the finale. Flynn Great makes call. a lot of money off of that. Great but they had the bye week, number one seed locked up. And, you know, Mike McCarthy obviously chose to rest Aaron Rodgers and kind of coast that last week of the season. And then there was the bye week. And then, and I'm going to say this because I, I think it was a factor as well, Joe Philbin's son oh, yeah, dies oh. tragically. Oh, oh. oh, it was brutal. I mean, he's on hard knocks. That's all I can think of watching Joe Philbin out there. Just the worst trauma anybody could possibly go through losing yeah, his son imagine. the way he did. But there's a funeral for him. Friday before they played the Giants in the divisional playoff game. So maybe that was a huge factor too, but all that time off of, of you know, just not really playing and they're in this bad kind of place. And I guess it, it just, it, I get the argument if you're one of these coaches that wants to play, I mean, you're risking injury in a meaningless football game, but there's something to be said for wanting to find some type of rhythm, I guess. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's just one of those, it's a hard there's just no facts necessarily to back up right. it's anything other than can we please be healthy for the regular season. So I, you know, I, how do you justify, like if something happened to Josh Allen or if something happened to Garoppolo when he yeah, went head season. first to get that, that touchdown, not the Garopp, like their whole season's depending on Garoppolo, but you know, he's, he's a big reason why they can ease the rookie into it because they have a vet that, and that team is loaded like we've talked about. So I get it, the risk reward on that. I just don't get. It's, I love reading about like football back in the sixties and seventies. I mean, they played six preseason games, right? And probably like every and they probably game the was the, yes. Every game was probably so <laughs> meaningful. I wonder if they had the point spreads on those games. Like if it mattered back then, like, cause now I can't, they make the spreads for these games. And I look at them I'm just like, how, how are you guys doing this? Like I'm always blown away by Vegas, how they can do it. But uh. The old rule of thumb is just take you things going to win and hope they cover in, in the preseason. Cause yeah. Can you imagine like the 49ers? I mean, I think they were giving like five and a half this weekend or something like that. I'm just like, it doesn't even interest me. And I, you know, I want to bet on everything. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I didn't do it. That's how I've been with like, I mean, some listeners may know with sports cards on eBay, like you kind of find yourself just, Let's just see what those Trey Lance PSA tens are looking like right now. Let's just check in on those Jordan Love oh, Prism that, Silvers. That would, you know? Those cards are the cards are coming, making that you comeback. You get a sense for like the yeah. hype around like the who's hype, yeah. Like people are hyped about Trey Lance beyond belief. His cards are insane. What are they? I don't watch Hard Knocks, and you said you saw a little of it, or not really? Unfortunately, I mean it's a watered down, sanitized shell of what it used to be what is the rookie the linebacker parsons from penn state um he's from harrisburg yeah. where you know where we're from um and i have some you know i have people that know his father and friends back there that say he's a great like he's kind of a great like kind of a leader and a personality has he shown up pretty good in that show or not really they highlighted him a little bit i think in episode one pretty well yeah yeah you can tell he's yeah. He's got some spunk to him, uh, which is what with, they need. I mean, yeah. their defense was terrible. That's why I'm so interested to see if he if that brings a little life to their defense. Yeah. I want to watch. I haven't really studied him enough. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. My backers, I mean, yeah. him, Leighton Van Der Esch, if those his guys, health if, is there, if, and, and Jalen Smith. Um, I mean, if that those guys all they go all out to get yeah. the ball, so that's what you want. Well, for this episode yeah. of the podcast, we figured we'd uh, – I don't know, we were texting earlier. I'm like, well, do we want to, like, rank quarterbacks, or do we want to – Hit on our top three storylines for the season. Then, I, not, not not big rankers on this podcast, are we? We'll do some rankings <laughs> in the middle of the season, maybe. The only I don't rankings know. <laughs> I will read are your quarterback <laughs> rankings that you did last season. They were strong. They were good. I liked them. You know, Jim's too modest here, but like they were good. Out of the game last year, you just watched every, every snap. Yeah, I'm gonna do it See, again. Mike this McCarthy year. said he watched every snap of football. 
he he told Jerry Jones that he watched every and then he admitted he he lied a little bit to get the job. Get the job. Jim Monas actually did watch. I did all I, these quarterbacks. So throw you could be coaching the Cowboys right now. I was now. ranked. I had every the backups. I mean, every guy that played, I just kept ranking them, grading them. Um, feel pretty good. I mean, I had Teddy Bridgewater ranked ahead of Drew Locke from last year. I mean, he won the job. I mean, yeah. so it. No, nah, I'm just you know. But seriously though, you get a, you have a perspective. You, it gives you an idea, you know, on sometimes who's really making plays and who is part of a great system. Yeah. That's how I look at it. All these guys obviously are talented, and and you know we're gonna see. I like this year. I can't wait to dive into Winston with yeah. you know, the Saints and. I can't wait to see how these rookies do Wilson, you know, because he does look pretty natural. Like we knew in college and right now he's kind of, you know, how's he going to look when they're playing real defense? So I am excited to watch the quarterbacks, but let's, let's, let's wait. We got our top three out of the preseason. What are we excited to see? Like storylines that get us jacked about the football season. You know what I mean? So, and real quick, let me just go ahead. What Jim just talked about there with the quarterbacks, People want to subscribe to go long. They may or may not get some of that insight this year. Just saying, I, I, had, I had a look at it last year, and it is the most in-depth. That's good. Look at, I mean, I just think anecdotally is how most of us yeah. view the game. Like, oh, I caught this game, and this player looked really good. But you're not comparing that no, quarterback every to 31 other quarterbacks, mm-hmm. so you don't really know how good he is. So you're watching. Um, that's all why of them. I love what you do with that. I appreciate that, yeah. and and I appreciate you uh, maybe let me sneak on some go long stuff this year. It could be fun. I want to be a part of the team some more. We're throwing a lot of teasers out there. It's a, we got a lot of good things going teasers, on. But, uh, all right, three things that get you jacked for okay. the season. We'll go back and forth with our three, but uh, you get the party started. I'm, I'm not going in any order, but more or less, who we're really stuff we're going to really pay attention to a little bit. I'm really going to pay attention to the Baltimore Ravens, and it will be in the playoffs not the regular season. That team is loaded, and we already know that they're ready to make the run to the Super Bowl. And I've said this a little bit on our podcast, but it's time to see Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson take this team to the next level. Now, obviously losing Dobbins doesn't help, but that team has proven that they have running backs that can you know, fill in, and Lamar obviously is so special. But now it's time where – you know, obviously what he's done and what he's done at that age, even he's so young and he's been so dominant, but can he get them to the Super Bowl? That's their goal. It's not winning 13 games in the regular season and winning one playoff game. It's Super Bowl. That team is built for the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying they have to get there this year. I'm everything's fine. I'm just saying I would want Lamar can't be the reason they don't go to the Super Bowl. If that makes sense. Where, it can't be him going 23 for 40, which he's done before. He, I think he's only thrown 40 times one time. Like, they, they don't they, – they know. Like the more he throws, it's going to be hold your breath probably. But it doesn't mean he's not – he can't be the reason they don't get the Super Bowl. He can't be the reason where they are forcing Lamar to make throws and he's not making them. And that's, that's the biggest thing I'm going to watch with the Ravens in the playoffs is Lamar getting them to the Super Bowl. Are you surprised that a contract extension was not reached? No, I, I'm not because, and they're going to do it, right? They're going to do it. It's it's going to happen. Just like it, it's going to happen. But no, I have to believe they're having those. I'm not saying they're having those talks, but what is going to happen if he's if he does have a bad game in the playoffs, throwing the ball again? And what are they going to do? I mean, is he the guy? This league is set up to throw. So that's going to be something I'm going to pay that's attention to. So fascinating. I mean, and they have Greg Roman, who you're familiar with, who is the best. If he could, he'd probably bench Lamar now for Matt Castle. But, <laughs> but I still want to see. Can you know Roman's? You know, this is going to be. You know, he wants that. Head, I know he wants a head job. Yeah. He wants to be back on that list. I mean, does this get him back in the mix? Any idea what he's um squatting these days? Eight hundred. Just ask him. Eight hundred. Eight hundred huh? pounds. Just ask him. So Rex would uh, mess around. Rex liked that one. Yeah. Rex used to say, hey, hey, G-Row. He would do it in a meet. We'd be interviewing a player. We could be interviewing a guy at the combine. Hey, G-Row, tell him what you squatted. Go ask the player, what, what's the most you can squat? And the player might be like 450. And Greg Roman would take it seriously? He took like, it seriously. He, like I he, think he really He legitimately thought, thought Rex was curious on yeah. his numbers. Mm-hmm. I just picture him with his knees wrapped a little bit and getting on that squat rack. That's a big day for him probably. But. I, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little bad for Greg Roman in that scenario. You know, if you're kind of 
Hey, we're all. You don't really yeah. know what's going on, and your boss is just kind of yeah, mocking you in yeah. the open. That's not the best place to be. You know, say right that's if you're yeah. you walk into a room of uh you can't spot the sucker yeah in the room right away you're probably the sucker so you know what's wild and we've talked about greg roman a lot on this podcast greg roman's a greg roman's a very knowledgeable and good football coach don't get me wrong he can be a little hard to deal with um but he is very creative he's very passionate very intelligent um just hey everybody butts heads when it comes to certain players that's just part of the business but i mean what they do on offense right now in Baltimore is, I mean, they're hard to, I mean, they're hard to stop. Yeah. So you can't sit there and argue that he's not a good coach. It, it's almost kind of by accident, I guess, that he <laughs> became this, you know, running quarterback genius of a coach, you know. And it I wasn't his, yeah, go ahead. Just in Buffalo, yeah. like talking to the linemen, they were adamant, like his schemes in the run game were next level. Next level. And I've heard that from players and I've heard it from other coaches that have been around him that, you know, he'll young coaches who need to be around Greg Roman to learn what he sees. And he didn't like aspire to be that kind of a coach. I don't think, right. Like he ended up with Colin Kaepernick and maybe kind of made the best of it. And it lasted to a point and teams kind of figured Colin Kaepernick out and he was back in the Blaine Gabbert. And then Tyrod Taylor, he didn't want as his starting quarterback. Didn't want. There was a lot of good, you know, a lot of success. Um, I don't know. What's your read on that? It was, and, and could he have done more with Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, I guess? That would be – I don't know if he could have. I, I really Which don't know. Which is the sign if, of a pretty good coach, right? I, 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 yeah. I think he is a good coach. He's just – you know, he's just a little – you know, just a little different. But that's what I'm saying with the Ravens, with, you know, Dobbins being hurt. They're going to – that scheme, whoever's going to run the ball is, is going to be good. They're going to be good running yeah. the ball. That's just what he does. So, I'm Gus not – Gus Edwards is a good player. Good player. Yeah. Tough runner, and that's what you want. So – you know, yes, Greg Rome is a good football coach. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Like he wouldn't, you know, and he has one of the best offenses going. So can he get Lamar? That's why I can't can wait that to watch style that. of play and win three to four playoff games. I can tell you, if he was being honest with me when we used to talk, I no, I don't know if he believes it, but he's going to try. He'll do the best he can Man. to get the – you know, he will. He'll he'll use these guys to their best talents. He will. Wouldn't you he love will. to be a fly on the wall Yeah, I would like in that Ravens draft? They like, didn't did, take Lamar. They took a tight end. Like, we don't talk about that they enough. They took Hurst. Which tells me first. everything. You, yeah. If you were if, – if you had Lamar Jackson, you if you really liked him and he was there, then you're taking him. That's your franchise quarterback. You you just replaced. You, you just got the youngest guy. You don't have to worry about the position for the next ten years, and you took Hayden Hurst, which tells me. So here it is. Quarterback now here it is. Here's where the here's the question. Who in that who in that room would was it? Who didn't have Lamar ranked ahead of Hayden Hurst? My feeling is this. The personnel probably had Lamar, like, way ahead of Hayden Hurst. But the coaches may not have. So, to let's get Hurst, and then, wow, he's still there. He's still – now we got to get him. I, I, that's my guess. I could find out a little more on that. But there's just no way. If, you had, a, if you had the passion for – if you really thought he was going to be what he's doing, you would have taken him – before Hayden Hurst. Oh my God. And it just never gets talked I about. I love those stories, man. I think our listeners do too. Like, so we'll have a story, probably a two-parter on the Dallas yeah. Cowboys next oh, week. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to see this and, one. And um, just, I guess, a little teaser, talking yeah. to people in the know that have been around the team for the last 20 to 25 years. Obviously, right now, Dak Prescott's the face of the team. Like, no he is the Dallas Cowboys. No doubt. You know, the way Jerry Jones talks about yeah. him. He talks about him like it's his son. Like, <laughs> they wanted Paxton Lynch in 2016. Like, really, really bad. And Jerry Jones, that weekend mm. of the draft, Jerry Jones, to the media, I mean, it's all out there, said that he regrets that he didn't give up more for Paxton Lynch to trade up and take. Like, like, like an emotional kind of response to it. Like, well, I, he was mad at himself. He said he was mad at himself. You he know, didn't do it, and it didn't end there. 
Connor Cook. They tried to trade up for Connor Cook in the fourth round. Didn't get him. And they almost take Dak Prescott right ahead of you guys. They did. Right ahead when you would have taken him in the yeah. fourth round. And, yeah. like, by accident, sort of, kind of, there's people in the building that had him as an undrafted free agent. Um, heard that from uh, the offensive coordinator. So it's – I mean, this league is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, I mean, one – one little, you know, Paxton Lynch. This is where his scouts are so valuable. Where if you just put the film on or just watch a pro day, yes, draft Paxton Lynch tomorrow. But when you interview him and when the scouts spend time with him, he wasn't a football junkie. He didn't know the game that well. As far as can he just go anywhere and learn a system? It wasn't nat- it wasn't all natural form, and it was a it was a red flag when we interviewed him. He didn't blow anybody away with his. But the physical blew everybody away. Did you interview him at the combine? We did. We did. Um, actually, yeah, that was Giro, D. Lee. Yeah, that was part of that crew, and, and they weren't blown away by him. That's when they wanted um, the Penn State uh, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. Right. The but anyway. Right. Castle and Hackenberg. Anyway, good thing we did. Yeah, but we took Cardell Jones, and that was a bad pick, too. I mean, we didn't we didn't hit on that. We were shooting for – we were hoping there was something there. And, it, you know, he he was maxed out. He wasn't – how bad did you want Dak Prescott? We were that, well. I'll be like, honest. Yeah, the coaches definitely were would have loved that. We would have loved it. Um, you know, it took a little convincing with Terry because he did see the one little tape we showed him was Mississippi State against Alabama, and obviously that's who you want to watch him against. And for us, we saw the good that Dak was doing in that game, mm-hmm. but it wasn't his best game. So you did see some of the, you know, some just college football flaw, you know, some missed throws or some intercept, like it happens, but it, it definitely, I, I know it, it, Terry wasn't blown away by the tape. And I remember we were kind of looking at each other like, shit, like, cause we brought him in for when you could bring 30 players in. Um, and he blew us away, he blew the coaches away. Like he blew everybody away. He came in suited up. These guys don't, we don't tell him he wear whatever. And you don't have to wear a suit. We don't care. Yeah. That cared. Like yeah. it, it fit his whole. He wanted everybody to know. Yeah, if you take me, this you got your leader, and it was awesome. He was awesome to talk to. He was. Oh, I remember. It was him. Wait, the defensive tackle from Illinois, Ward, who's bounced around, and then two Alabama guys, Reggie Raglan, yeah. who we drafted, and the returner that the Patriots drafted um, from Alabama, Cyrus Jones, I believe. Anyway, Reggie and Cyrus played together, obviously, at Bama. So they were saying they could beat Dak and Ward two-on-two basketball. <laughs> and it was it got intense. I mean, it was really? like, you guys, have, like, it was like nobody was giving in. <laughs> and, but the competitiveness came out in all yeah. of them. It was cool to see. But that's the stuff when you bring those visits on that, you know, I always like to see who guys, you know, you just, it's funny how guys get heated over certain things. But Dak was awesome. He was awesome. And in the media, like, you, you're always going to hear um, – teammates friends Mm -hmm. past coaches talk about intangibles and it almost to the point of like you know if i'm writing a story on somebody and the high school coach is saying how great of a leader this player is you you roll your eyes and you probably don't put it in the story yeah but i did a story on dak prescott at bleach report it was like i think this was into his second year so after they went 13 year, it's just above and beyond like everybody you reach like high school teammates, college teammates, coaches, anybody who's ever been around Dak Prescott, the way they talk about him, it's like there's a mystique there. There's something special there, and it's remarkable that he fell to where he did to a team that had a lot of people in the building that didn't even want to draft him, didn't think he was draftable. Like, how how does that happen? I mean, he he did lead Mississippi State to a number one ranking at one point. We we saw it in the SEC. We talk about it all the time with the league. Just doesn't like the league sees guys for some reason similar. Like, yes, he should have been. Well, looking back now, he's he's a top ten pick. I mean, he's a top ten pick. I mean, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz went one two, and clearly you'd have Dak Prescott over both of them. Over both of them. All right. Anything else on the Ravens here? No, that was my Ravens. We went Dallas a little. All right, I'll uh, fire one at you. Go, I like it. Let's talk a little Miami Dolphins. This is good. They're they're popping up in the news a little bit. I mean, so the Miami Dolphins are in a little bit of a pickle, Jim. uh, Why? Because they have their franchise quarterback. 
right? I mean, that's what that's what we were led to believe. What we were told Tua Tagovailoa is the is the guy. Um, but you really have to watch actions more than hear words, don't you? <laughs> I mean, we talk about that a lot on this. That's on life. This that's life. And it's life. <laughs> it's not just football. <laughs> that's life. That's life. The actions of Brian Flores. Oh, this is great. I mean, they bench him twice as a rookie. They just ludicrously start him in the finale against Buffalo. Like after, like right after they pulled him against the Raiders, right? They pull him. Fitz pulls off this amazing <laughs> win. Who, by the way, probably has never said a bad word about anybody. Mm. Came out this offseason and said like he was upset. He was upset about it. Like he, he didn't understand it. Yeah. Like. For him to speak out on that says a lot. Says something. So they don't really handle Tua well at all. Like their actions speak loudly. Like that this this dude just is limited. I mean, there's a lot of dink, a lot of dunk. He doesn't really have that one trait that like pops, right? Like big on like the way you say athleticism. That. Yeah. Um, you know, velocity on the throw. He's he's small. He just at Alabama, he got all those five stars around you. I mean, maybe they just made him look really, really good. But obviously, they took him for a reason. They surround him with all the weapons. We've seen that work. Buffalo did it. They surround Josh Allen with the weapons, and he's second in the MVP oh. voting. So, they get into training camp, and I mean, he is another year removed from the hip injury. Yeah, got to give him that. That's all. Yep. That's I mean, the only maybe, thing I wanted to say. Yep. Maybe he see was it. a different quarterback because of that hip injury. No doubt. And I've talked to his trainer, Nick Hicks, um, and he just says this dude's going to tear the league up, like a lot of trainers would say. He really believed it, that he's got a lot more strength in his hip. And, you know, with quarterbacks, I think that's huge, right? Like, you throw with your hips and your lower body. If you're doing it correctly. So I get that. Um, But if they've gotten to this point now, what's today? What do we got here? It's August 30th. Is it really? August, so they saw him all training camp. Or no, backtracking. They saw him all OTAs, all minicamp, all training camp. And Brian Flores is asked about these rumors circulating with Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, is being accused of some pretty gross things, beyond gross. I mean, it, at best, yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll be criminally charged. I'm sorry, at worst, he'll be criminally charged. And, I mean, go away. At, at, at best, he's a creep. Right, like these, these are it's awful, hard to believe. awful allegations, yeah, it's hard and it's that's sad. It's probably yeah. something we should get into because it's a it's a quarterback that I've talked to. I've talked to a lot of people who know him, and it's shocking to say the least. But we'll let it play out. But you got all that going on with Deshaun Watson, all these rumors mm-hmm. that you want to trade for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. What does what does Brian Flores do? He doesn't say Tua Tagovailoa is our starting quarterback. He doesn't say that's all false. He just says that those conversations will stay internal and he's not going to go there. He has an opportunity. I mean, if you really believe Tua is your quarterback, you shoot that down on sight. You don't think so? Yes. I'm, I'm thinking about this. What is the best way to answer that question? So I don't know. There isn't anybody that would argue with Flores that you would want Watson, well, they, to, right? They're clearly trying to trade for him right now. They so, just don't want to give up. So do you look – so what's the best way to handle that in the media? That That's a hard one, I guess. What do you I tell the head coach? Mean. I guess like, hey, here's the deal. They're going to ask you about Watson. How do we answer this the best way? No, I think he handled it yeah. the right way. Like you don't – because you don't want to say – no, two is our guy because yeah. then if you bring in Watson, then that's you lose all credibility with your players, right? At least this way, when you just say it's internal, which is true, it's just got to be which an incredible disappointment behind the basically, scenes. Basically, they see he, Tua. Hopefully, he would go to Tua and say, "Just be upfront. Hey, we are. You know, yeah. it's not going to change the plan right now. Obviously." We could sign him tomorrow. He's not going to start right away. I mean, he doesn't know anything about the all. He's never been here. This is your team. Unless they now. can dump him in the trade, right? <laughs> For now. Yeah. Now, I, now that would be – I just – I don't know. That's that's where it gets tricky. But, of course, they're, of course they're looking at him. My point is, like, There's only talk about just a – I mean, it's, it's got to be unbelievably disappointing behind the scenes. Like, they really believe that Tua could take this step. And for it to get to that point, 
point where you're entertaining a trade for somebody going through what he's yeah, going here. through legally when you could have had Justin mm-hmm. Herbert with that pick and you, you signed guys, you drafted guys, you believed in them. Um, it's funny it's, how that doesn't get brought up a lot that they could have had Herbert. They absolutely could have. It's um, I don't know. I mean, you're right. You're, they're not going to stand up and say, yeah, our, our quarterback's a bust and we're trying to trade for right. Sean Watson. But that's pretty much what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to a point. I mean, nobody's going to argue with if somebody says Watson's better than Tua. I mean, he is. So you're not going to. But why didn't you do the trade back in February or March? Could they have learned more recently? Houston. Or, you know, why didn't Houston? Houston, Houston now. Houston has to dump him. They're trying. You know, it's. Or else they just keep him and they just pay him and $10 million or whatever this year and he doesn't have to do anything. Why didn't Houston do it back then? When That's a good Watson question. made it clear to well, do we know? Yeah, but do we out. know that they could have? That's the only thing. Do we know for sure they had oh. the offers? Like they were. I see. I mean, like, do we know for sure that these teams were really. That's why everybody's at fault here. Houston's at fault for not doing it then. And and, and Miami, like. Everybody waited to see if maybe. They waited. This, if he's going to be. Because they believed in Tua. And will the legal process play out? Are people learning now that. This, this could just be a, you know, he's going to get off. and I don't know. I don't know enough about it, the the, the legal stuff. It doesn't happen. sound like it's going to be resolved anytime soon. I mean, there's then so many separate cases. You know, are they going to be settled, like, individually? How does Miami do it then? How do you have the confidence to give up your whole, basically, your future? Because, you, you know, he, there's a good chance he – they wouldn't even play football this though. year. Yeah. And then there could be a suspension on top of That's that. That's what I'm saying. They, something, for that trade to go down, somebody found out something, I would think. I guess. If and the NFL's not really getting involved, I don't think, yet. They aren't. I thought he'd be on the exempt list by now. Interesting. But, yeah, you're right. That's going to be – I mean, we have to, you know. It's really interesting to, to me because here's a team with a pretty good structure in place. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores and Chris Good Greer. Team. Good, yep, they have it set up right. They won 10 games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've made some good signings. They've, they've stockpiled a lot of draft capital. There's a lot to like, but the big decisions, they just don't seem to know how to handle them that well, whether it's yeah, this is number one, the quarterback position, and botching it during the year with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua back and forth, to yeah, really this was. mess with Deshaun Watson right now. I'll even take it back further. I mean, I got to know Minka Fitzpatrick pretty well. Like, he was a Dolphin, and he's one of the best defensive players in football right now. He was there, and Brian Flores comes in and basically tells him, you will be my Patrick Chung in this defense. Like, I want you near the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And Minka Fitzpatrick, in his words, was like, you know, just give me a shot. Like, put me out in some one-on-one drills in practice. Let me show you what I can do in space covering a guy or reacting or reading a quarterback. And it was, no, you are this role. You are this player do as told in this, in this scheme. And it got to a point where he, he got a little bit of a shot to show it. And then he started like leaving his drills that they had him in to go to other drills to show them what he could do. Yeah, and then he demanded a trade. He wanted to get out of there. I mean, that's a star player that you weren't able to really deal with appropriately. I mean, you, you want a make Fitzpatrick on your team. So for all the good going on in Miami, there's and then the corner this year, and been, then the yeah, same hour. Why are you trying to? You're right. Why? Yeah, you, yeah. When you have those guys, just keep them. Like that's that's the you know it's hard finding really good players like that. So if you can keep them financially and do it, just keep them. You know why? Why upset those guys? Anyway, which every step of the way. So we got Tua. Yeah, we've got the two a watch. We got the Ravens. How are they gonna do in the playoffs? Your My turn. next one. I'm excited to see this Rams just dominant. Nobody's gonna ever stop this offense, Rams team, because they got the greatest quarterback in the history of football, apparently. They do. That has just been held down with bad players like Calvin Johnson and Nate Burleson. <laughs> Just terrible, terrible. Reggie never Reggie just putting on a show when he was up there. Like, never gave Stafford any help for however many years he's been there. Finally, Stafford has the help, you know, in the coach. But picture Matt Stafford playing like in a swamp, it, you know, 
It was just that. that Here, the best thing about Stafford is he's easy guy to root for because he is so tough and yeah. he is so talented. But he does have flaws. He does miss open receivers in big time games, and I have it noted from last year, where I, you know, he didn't grade out as a top ten guy for me last year. Really? No, he misses guys, and in fourth quarters he misses guys, and he, he's not. He'll throw bad interceptions, but he also does things other guys can't do with his arm talent. Very few, I should say. Probably the Rodgers. Oh, I shouldn't have said Rodgers Mahomes. I was trying to avoid it, but we're gonna, we almost I know, made Sorry, it. but he's in that same ability range with them throwing the ball, but the consistency of making the accurate and decision-making. Now, obviously, I love McVay as a coach. I love what the Rams do. Um, I think it's going to be pretty fun to watch, but they mortgaged everything for this year or next year to make the Super Bowl. So let's watch them. Let's yeah. let's and I'll be putting my, you know, hey, they put their money where their mouth is and I'll, I'm not going to overthink it. I'll be doing the same thing. Let's see. Let's see Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Let's go for it. Where, where this is really interesting to me, Jim, is when Sean McVay's offense was just freaking taking over the NFL. Mm-hmm. It started with Todd Gurley. <laughs> it started with a running back and that. Run straight scheme, ahead, run you know, scheme, right? right? Like get get into the edge yep. and in the and passing go. game. Mm-hmm. And it started with Todd Gurley being this multifaceted yeah. threat for Sean McVay. I mean, that's the, the Patriots just took Gurley out of the game. They muddled everything up on the defensive line. So the running the rushing lanes were gone. Where was the genius? And, and Sean McVay was well, like uh the, the coach in the water boy without his notebook, it, it, you know? So what's he do though? It's not my fault. It's that quarter. I need a new quarterback. Right. Now you got the guy that everybody – so now it's perfect. McVay has no more excuses. Stafford, everybody's been saying he's never had talent. So now they come together. It's got to be a Super Bowl. It's got to be. So that's what I'm watching. But no Cam Akers. They lose him. Tyler. Doesn't matter. Daryl Henderson. Pride of Memphis. No, but you're right. McVay does want it. I mean – But doesn't the offense have to change a little bit? We're told repeatedly, it's drilled into our heads repeatedly, that Jared Goff – held the offense back. back but everything started with Gurley with their scheme like you've got to kind of change things i would think offensively for to just grip it rip it and stafford or or just gives mcveigh a, maybe he was just felt handcuffed with golf on what he could really that's that's the argument right yeah. like so now we I, never saw now the real i can offense. really get my off that's what i'm saying they're all i'm all you in on this right. too let's watch them you might be right we're gonna find out soon we can't no more guessing it's gonna happen Speaking of the water boy, that was on it's on Comedy Central a lot. Hey, and uh it's a good once every couple years, maybe for some good lines. It's good funny. movie. It's funny. funny. We were watching it the other night though, and like so many like completely innocent scenes and parts of the movie are blurred out or cut out and when it's on Oh, on Comedy Central. Yeah. And nice. But it's like parts of the movie that should not be cut out. I mean, I think we're getting pretty, pretty soft as a society. I just thought it was very emblematic of they're 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 thinking somebody on Twitter is going to be upset about this. Take it out. So how long's that movie then? Because <laughs> that movie, it's from what I remember, it's the of freaking it. water boy. They must have cut that thing down. And didn't the the diversity episode on The Office got taken down? It did. So I mean, you know, that's tricky. That's tricky. Uh, don't mean to go down that road. I know. That's tricky. I think it's okay to, to laugh and not be offended by it. No, I so. agree. I think it's okay to laugh sometimes. Rams going to win the Super Bowl? They have to. They mortgage everything. All right. There the Lions go. would have 10 if, if they ever gave him some. Can you imagine if the Lions won more games than the Rams? Oh, stop. I like it, though. If, if I like the way you're thinking. We're going to Detroit and doing a live podcast with Jared Goff. I'm making you making you go. I'm in. I already bet the over on them. They got they got Goff and they got the, the great coach. So who's playing receiver? I couldn't tell you one guy. Quintez Cephas. He's good on the deep ball, I think, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's something to watch. So yeah, I'm gonna watch the Rams. They're all in. Let's see. I gotta I gotta look mine up here. I like this. This is good. This is gonna give me some things to focus on week one. Tampa Bay. Oof. It's hard to repeat, but they bring back all their starters. And I just feel like we're not talking about them enough. I know we are. Okay. I like this. Go ahead. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. you know, they were clashing for a good mm-hmm. two months, probably. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians wants the offense to be vertical. Yeah. There really aren't many right. check downs like we've talked about. They get to a place where 
they completely changed the offense midseason. Nobody could stop them in the final you know, month and a half through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, to start now with all of that in place, all of your starters back, with a team you know is going to be hungry. I think that's the problem with a lot of teams that can't repeat. It's like, all right, we did it. We celebrated. We, we threw the Lombardi Trophy all over Tampa Bay. Like, we are drunk, having fun. That was good. They're going to stay hungry with Tom Brady. Like, they're going to stay hungry. It's it's going to be hard to beat Tampa Bay this year. I just feel like it's that that combination of a coach and a quarterback that found a, a, a you know, that, that plays that, that middle ground. They did. McVay and Goff could never find it. Good point. My issue Rogers even really have it. To, to just anoint Tampa right now is where I'm struggling because we watch those. I know we talk, it's driving me crazy. The saints had that, the saints, you know, cook fumbles that changed that game. I thought he throws three picks in the second half against green Bay. We talked about this. You don't win games like that. How does that happen? So, to say that they were just – and it took – they weren't – you know, that last half, when you look at who they played – Yeah, the last, like, six games of the season, it wasn't like they were – so I guess my point is, yes, they were clearly – what they did, they dominated that Super Bowl. And, yes, they were clicking. And you would think they're – obviously they're going to be a tough team to beat. I just don't think – it's so hard to win, so hard to repeat. I, I wouldn't – I'm not taking Tampa to make the Super Bowl. I'm not – they dropped 46 on Carolina. Right. The team was done. Then they that's right. They lost to the Rams, lost to the Chiefs. This is when is this though? This isn't toward into December. They they, Rams, they beat the Vikings, they beat the Falcons, Vikings they beat the Lions, they beat the Falcons. See what I'm saying? And then Taylor Heineke kind of takes them to it the was, brink. It was brink. But they still scored over 30 points against Washington, New Orleans, and, Green Bay, and Kansas City. And that is a great point because New Orleans defense was insanely good. Yeah. So yes, to your yes, to your point, they certainly clicked. But I'm not taking them to make the Super Bowl. So yeah, I think they're a good story to watch because everybody's betting on them to go undefeated. I don't know if they'll go undefeated, but I just think it took them so long to figure shit out between a headstrong coach a headstrong quarterback and that kind of thing can easily blow up anywhere and they figured it out they win a super bowl they're the team to beat in the nfc fair enough so i'm betting on father time it's all i ever hear in the nfl is father time's undefeated it's not somehow doesn't it have to no not with tom brady i mean that's really the the storyline here like we're entering that realm of like there just aren't football players of this age who play a down. They play Dallas first game. <sighs> oh, <laughs> I love That's, it. Seven. If uh, Tampa's seven and a half right now, favored. Yeah, they we could probably triple that. I'm shocked it's that low because I people I know Dallas has some. I just Dax is Dak even like what percent is he right yeah. now? Like I don't know. Hate when it looks too. I don't know. That game's scary. I just feel like we're not talking about Tampa. You're right. Maybe we. Maybe I'm just. I not think they're. It. I think people are kind of just saying they're great. They could go undefeated, and you're almost just given that people are bored of Tom Brady. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am, and also can't get, get a, enough of it. I mean, it's incredible. It's not out of not out of true boredom. Out of could we see somebody else? But. We had Nick Underhill on on our podcast. I mean, he saw it with Drew Brees the the decline, the decline, that decline has been coming for years. When it comes to Peyton Manning, they won the Super Bowl, but Peyton Manning, he was right. I mean, they yeah, rickety. He couldn't even throw the ball twenty yards. It was hard to watch. It happens, and Brett Favre fell apart in twenty ten. And Brady, Brady was the reason. Brady elevated them. To, yeah. to, that which is hard right. to believe. Right? It's nuts. He elevated them. He he brought everybody's games up. Man, and he's doing it at an age. What is he? Three years older than these guys. I don't understand. When they fell apart. I don't get it. All right, you got one more. I do. So this is my. I'm not an Urban Meyer fan. Respect what he's done. Obviously, don't necessarily wasn't always a fan of watching him coach at practice and how he was with players. Can his style work in the NFL? I never thought it could. Um, as far as it's different in college, I mean, you've got it's, 
it's a different dynamic where these guys are going to do whatever you need them to do. So it's yeah. like, it's these, you can't treat NFL players like you treat some of these scholarship players. Um, I'm talking about just how he treats them in practice, talks to them. Now, now let's get to the XO stuff. What, what great quarterback does he ever like just developed or had? I mean, Alex, he gets credit for Alex Smith back in the day. Um, okay. I mean, I'd say, I'd say we all say he was a good NFL quarterback for sure. Very good NFL quarterback. Now, was he a, did he have to, did he take time to develop in the NFL? I'd say yes. Right. So what quarterback did Urban develop or was always about his system and the amount of uh, NFL players he had playing at Florida and Ohio state? Like what quarterback did he develop? So now he's supposed to develop Trevor Lawrence. Well, he's never developed one. So let's see how it goes. I'm just, I'm more saying this is something I really want to watch. You know, I don't know the dynamic with him and Balky. He and Balky as the GM, you know, they take a running back when they didn't need one. They take the Clemson running back when they had James Robinson, who was fine, just because he was undrafted. Don't overthink it. You hit. You know, little, your scouts did a great job. James Robinson. Yeah, your scouts, your 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 area scout, Marty Miller, is the area scout that gets James Robinson, finds him. Wasn't even his area scout, but was in charge of the running backs and found him. Awesome story. So, why did you need a running back? I, I just this is the stuff I'd like to find out. Is it gonna well obviously now Etienne got hurt, but that stinks for him. But I just this dynamic too, right? Oh yeah, I know. It's so does he develop Trevor Lawrence? Does that system fit Trevor Lawrence? And and can Urban can he do this? Can he manage the clock? Can he find ways? That's when that's what the great head coaches do, their clock management, their um when how they use timeout, how they use everything is what the great head coaches do. So I, I, that's something I just want to pay attention to is Urban. There's a reason all of these legendary college football coaches just blame out. I mean, one by one. It's insane. Insane. And Nick Saban is one of the best coaches in any sport ever, and he lasted, what, like two seasons of that in Miami? It's recruiting and drafting so different. It's so different. So different. And some, when you're at those schools, they recruit themselves. Everybody wants to go to Florida. Everybody wants to go to Ohio State. Everybody wants to go to Alabama because you know, I'm, if I go, I'm probably going to the league. So then thinking is, okay, he's this brilliant offensive mind, and you're saying that system is a very brilliant. college system. Yeah, I mean, I just, that's what I'm saying. He didn't have one. There's not a quarterback that goes into the, like, no, they don't do it. Yeah, remember, I mean, it seems like forever ago, but Chip Kelly at Oregon. Yeah. I mean, that changed the game. Changed. We sure thought Speed. it was. Speed. I mean, boom, it was boom, just, boom. He was a, there's he was, no huddle, and then there's Chip Kelly's no yeah. huddle, and it was the GPS trackers. Right, right. All that like, crazy <laughs> stuff that I'm sure LaShawn McCoy get, told you a story or two from his uh, uh, great relationship. Great relationship. Shady officially is out. We'll try, we got to try to get him on here. Is he, he's done? I don't know. I said once he is. Oh, I think he's still okay. hoping a team, somebody gets hurt and maybe we give him a shot. We got to get him on. But, like, I remember thinking, oh, my God, like, Chip Kelly, everything he did at Oregon. He's going to take that, that to the NFL. And then we see it. Remember that first game against Washington? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, holy crap. Like, this is this is stuff we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And then it was gone. I mean, it was like, as soon as it came, it was figured out, and it was gone. And defensive players were calling out plays. Like, they knew exactly where the ball was going before the snap. I don't know. I mean, I'm skeptical for a lot of the same reasons you are from dealing with yeah. your players on the human level. To the, sch- That's the, the, the scheme, and the schematics of this all. It's, I will say, I think Jacksonville's got a yeah, promising enough. nucleus. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you saw some of those throws against Dallas. I mean, he's he's natural. He's natural talent. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, LaVisca Chanel, DJ Chark, James Robinson. You've got something to work with there. Is it enough to really inspire hope for the future this season? You say no. I'm paying attention to it. Okay. Am I hoping no? No. I don't know if I necessarily hope no. I'm just you know, a little fascinated with Urban Meyer. I, I, it's interesting when you, you're Florida and Ohio State. This is a little different. What great college coach had a is, great is has been has had a great NFL career? Spurrier was Spurrier was like an eight nader, I think. Right? Yeah. If that. Remember, he thought he could win with um, once again Danny Werfel and yeah. Shane Matthews. Yeah, he's trying to get. I know. Yeah. Just give me whoever. 
figure it out. That's not how it works. So at least Urban did get the first pick and got a quarterback. So he put himself out there. So let's see what he does. I guess I'll bring us home, Jim. Yep, what's the last one? Just more so tease with this uh, third story. I like it. But um, the Dallas Cowboys, they're always interesting. Yep. For hard knocks. Billions of reasons, right? The richest sports franchise in the world. We're watching hard knocks. It's like we said, it's not the hard knocks it used to be, but you still have Jerry Jones getting off that helicopter, wearing the sunglasses, puffing the chest out, soaking in that spotlight. Um, I still think he has a lot of say behind the scenes. You'll hear otherwise from some people, but his fingerprints are all over this team. And it's good in ways. You know, he cares. I think you want an owner who cares. I don't think you want an owner that is going to make the decisions that he makes when he isn't as vested and putting in the hours as a typical GM would put in. So we'll leave it there. I think uh, Dallas will be an interesting team to watch, but they have your good reasons. They have that dynamic. They have your favorite head coach. I mean, they are a team. It's going to be, I know. I'm looking forward to seeing it too. Everybody's anointing Dak as the, you know, he's going to win comeback player of the year. He's the odds on favorite to win comeback player of the year, which I mean, if he stays healthy, you would think he would yeah. just with the numbers he was, puts up with. And that offense is loaded with talent. I just wonder, though, like, but, throw the ball all over right. the yard, the defense like that. I, to give themselves a shot, they better hand the ball to Zeke. They better. Somehow mix it in, make that a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see them winning. Give me New York, even with Andrew Thomas, their tackle. Over, Rough uh, preseason for Andrew, huh? Let's let that play out. They did take him ahead of Justin Herbert, but, you know. Joe Judge might have him running laps. He's giving up a sack. He better maybe, run a lap. Maybe a couple bull in the rings. Bull in the ring. I'm pro Joe Judge. You know that. Joe Judge, Dan Campbell, let's go. Let's see who, who's going to have the better year, Giants or Lions. All right, that's good. What do you think? Yeah, we hit our, when we start talking Joe Judge, <laughs> man Campbell, I'm good, baby. I'm good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um we're going to continue our divisional look yeah. at the league for the season kicks off. And uh, September 1st, be sure to check out golongtv.com. Subscribe if you don't. We would love that. And join us in Hamburg. Join us here at Hamburg.